Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again. My name is Wade, and I just want to say I'm not okay. Kevin, are you okay? No, we are, neither of us are okay. This is not okay. I'm not happy with, well, I mean, I'm kind of happy with the episodes we got. Bad Batch was pretty decent, but I I should say more than pretty decent. It was good. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna sugarcoat that or play it down. Like, it was, it was, it was really good. Um, I think the ending of episode eight really crushed me as it probably did a lot of fans. And I know a lot of people have been speculating about you know, what's going to happen throughout the season and kind of seeing that sort of thing coming. And we'll talk about that a little later. But I just want to say, if you have any friends that are also Star Wars fans, check on them, make sure they're okay. Because I know Kevin and I aren't. We were very, very upset by what happened. But again, this is Records of the Republic, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We're really excited about this. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback about our podcast. Um, we're almost to hundred downloads with two episodes. So that was pretty exciting to see where I think we're at 97 and I was counting, I, I've been checking almost every hour on the hour to see if we hit that hundred mark before, uh, recording this, but we're getting close. And I know this next episode will definitely get us over a hundred downloads. So just, you know, excited to see people engaged. We've gotten a lot of engagement recently. Um, not just from the states. Like we've got, I think, 10 or 11 countries represented in our listeners right now. Um, I just saw like we've got a listener from Germany. We've got a listener from Sweden. Um, we've got like Lithuania, Canada, Singapore. I mean, they're, they're just, they're all over right now, which is really, really, really cool to see. Um, reintroduction. My name's Wade, like I said. Kevin and I co-host Records of the Republic. Kevin, I wanted to ask you, how has your week been? Man, it's been a week. Um, I can't believe that it's it's Thursday already. I feel like I've done nothing but so much at the same time. Um, I'm exhausted. Char- <laughs> so Charlie is cutting a, a, a tooth, uh, and she wakes up screaming yep uh, in the in the middle of the night and nothing will calm her down so i'm i'm running on fumes right now but um had have you guys have you guys been using like any of the infant tylenol or anything like that yeah yeah we have and it's helpful but um at 3 a.m it's that it's half still hour yeah that yep. half hour before it kicks in is an yep. eternity so i we're remember hoping... those days we're hoping for a good night tonight. We're also kind of changing up her sleep schedule a bit, cutting out the the morning nap. So, um, okay. By the time she went to bed tonight, she had to have been exhausted. So fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, it's just it works. It's the busiest time of year for work, and you know the kids have their after school things and and whatnot. So, um, it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, it constantly keeps you busy. Yeah. How about you, Wade? Um, you know, it was a busy week. I got home today and this was, this is the first day in months where I've really truly just felt exhausted. Like the light at the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel for me was coming home and knowing we would, we would get to hop on here and talk Star Wars and record. I mean, it's been a good week. Uh, within the last week I started management training. Um, I actually technically started it last Wednesday, but so that was pretty exciting. And then we had an awards banquet, uh, Tuesday that I got to go to. Um, and I won an award, so I was pretty pretty stoked about that. Really enjoying work life, and That's awesome. Penny's staying busy. She's got you know her work. Um, she she's coming home much happier with her current job, which has been super exciting and kind of refreshing for for all of us. Uh, Prices. And mom has been sick the past week, 
and she usually watches Jean. So this week's just been kind of chaotic trying to figure out childcare and who's got to call off what day. And thankfully she was feeling better today and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm game to watch him. So, you know, huge. I know she's not listening because she doesn't care about Star Wars. But <laughs> thanks, Mom. <laughs> she has no interest in anything. When I told her we were doing this, she was like, oh, okay. That's that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pretend to be excited? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, well, good for you. I'm glad you found something you like. And I'm like, yeah, that works. That's that's enough support. That's more than I expected from her. So <laughs> she, yeah, uh, it's she every really has... it's every mother's dream for their son to to be a, a Star Wars podcaster. That's what they yep. that's what they dream of. Absolutely. So, well, this week has also been really fun because we've really gotten more of a following on Twitter and Reddit. We've kind of been interacting with more people. I think we both try to make it our goal to post at least once a day on, on some platform. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really didn't have much to post today on Reddit. Twitter was just a bunch of retweets for the most part too, but we've been getting a lot of interaction. A lot of people are, are giving us some feedback and, you know, just talking star Wars with each other. We're having good conversations and a couple of guys I wanted to shout out specifically. Uh, the first one, Alexander Moylan on Twitter. Dude, this guy is one of the most generous guys I have ever encountered, at least so far. Um, like, he, so we met, we started talking, I think it was originally on Reddit. Because he had seen that I've got, like, in my bookshelf collection of all things nerdy, I've got a shelf that's dedicated just to Obi-Wan. So it's got Obi-Wan pops, Obi-Wan uh, like uh, books, Obi-Wan comic books. I mean, it's just Obi-Wan stuff. And he saw that and he was like, hey, I noticed you seem to be a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you happen to have? And then he listed out the specific Obi-Wan Kenobi Funko. And I was like, you know, I don't. I don't actually have that one. And I told him, I was like, you know, I was kind of trying to pick between a couple of different ones to, to buy and you know, I don't have the money to buy every single pop out there. If I did, I probably wouldn't be working my job, <laughs> you know? And uh, he was like, well, if you want, I'll send you one. And I was like, really? All right. And he was like, yeah, no, no charge, nothing like that. I'll take care of shipping. Just let me know where you want me to send it. And I was like, dude, that's super awesome. So then we both, th this was like maybe a month ago, um, well, no, that's probably an, ex an extreme, probably about like at least two weeks ago, though, um, that we were talking about this. And this past Saturday, he texted me and he was like, hey, man, I totally forgot that this was in the mail, but I just got a notification saying it's supposed to be delivered today. And I'm really excited for you to get it. And I was like, yeah, I totally forgot that it was coming, too. Thanks for the reminder. I'm excited as well. <laughs> and so. When I go out to get it, like I see on my ring doorbell that, you know, package was dropped off. All right, cool. I go out and look, and it's a much bigger package than you'd expect. Like, usually Funkos come in like these little, you know, it, they're Funko-sized boxes. And it, this is a pretty big package. I'm like, wow, he must have really done some, like, wrapping and really made sure this pop was protected. And I was really, you know, thankful for that. But then I go to open it up, and not only does it have that, but it has a four-pack Funko collection as well from Mandalorian. And it's the one that comes with uh, one of the Grogu uh, variations. It comes with Mando. It comes with um, the Flame Trooper. And it comes with Moff Gideon uh, with the Darksaber. And I didn't have any of those. Like, I don't have any of those on my shelves right now. They're in my wish list, or at least they were. <laughs> but it was just, it was such a huge shock. And I, I just, I couldn't believe the generosity of this kid. Um, I say kid. He's an adult like us. But, <laughs> you know, this guy, this gentleman, this scholar, uh, just, a, just a fantastic guy. Super, super friendly. So if you guys get a chance, go follow him. Don't hit him up for free Funkos because I don't think he's just going to give away free Funkos left and right. But uh, really cool guy. He loves talking Star Wars. We've been chatting back and forth about some different theories we have. Um, so just really awesome. And then another guy uh, that gave us a follow and has been giving us a lot of attention and kind of shout outs lately. Um, his Twitter handle is rural farm boy and he's from Pennsylvania. And I meant to mention Alexander is from Connecticut. So kind of cool that we've got some listeners from different States. Uh, 
We see some of that when I look at the analytics, but it doesn't always tell me exactly what state. It usually tells me the city. So I have to kind of try and figure out which city it is. But uh, so we've got one in, in Connecticut, Alexander, and then Rural Farm Boy in Pennsylvania has recently been giving us a lot of feedback. He started sharing some of our posts or tweets, I should say, and uh, just really going back and forth with us a lot, like almost on a daily basis, which has been super, super cool. Um, and he sent us this audio recording. I was going to play it tonight, and I am so sorry that I'm not able to. For whatever reason, I haven't been able to get the audio recording transferred over. But he just he sent us this really cool recording, just introducing himself and kind of explaining what his background is with Star Wars and how long he's been following it and how long he's been listening to podcasts. And This guy is like an avid Star Wars podcaster. Like an OG. Listens, I mean, he listens to podcasts on the daily, nonstop, from, in his words, when he gets out of bed to when he goes back to bed. Like, he, he is constantly listening to, to podcasts. So, super cool guy. He's got a lot of Star Wars knowledge. Uh, give him a follow if you guys get a chance. Connect with him. And ultimately, this is the kind of stuff like we want to see. That's This is one of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast was truthfully just to connect with other star wars fans just to to get to meet all these other people you know i live in a real really rural area where most of these guys are are country kids that go out hunting and fishing and you know riding four-wheeling and stuff like that and that's all fun i love doing all that stuff but there's very much a lack of star wars fandom in rural areas (laughs) at least in some parts and uh so it was just, it, it's been really neat to connect with a bunch of different people and, uh, you know, just shoot different theories back and forth and, and share different memes and, you know, what's your favorite freighter ship? I think we tweeted that like yesterday or the day before and, you know, stuff like that. Like we just, we really like connecting with other Star Wars fans. So the more kind of uh, connections we can make like this, the better. I would love to get more audio clips here and there and, Obviously, I'll take more Funkos and or Legos. You know, we're not going to complain about that. But the more important part was getting to connect with Alexander and, and kind of getting to know more about him and his, his fandom. And so, you know, email us. We've got our email pretty easy to remember. It's recordsoftherepublic at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. You know, if you've got a fun theory you want us to discuss, if you've got, you know, questions about one of something we covered, like Alexander had a question about the Doctor Who reference in the uh, Brotherhood book and then some other stuff. So, you know, stuff like that is is so much fun to talk about and, and kind of just bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, so, yeah, just wanted to take that time to thank you guys for your interaction and your love. Um, looking forward, a couple of things we wanted to talk about uh, regarding Star Wars. Obviously, Mando Season 3 is going to be rele- releasing in less than three weeks. And I'm super excited about that. Kevin, are you? Yeah, I mean, I it's a, I know we have the Bad Batch right now, and it's awesome, and um, it really is exceeding my expectations. It's all about Mando for me. That That's what I'm looking forward to. I am trying to avoid... I know that this is where you and I are different, and I've said it before, but I don't really... I like to be surprised. Like, I want to go in to these episodes when they're released fresh, I don't want to have preconceived ideas. I don't do a lot of predictions. Um, I will, like, we'll do predictions based on the episode, but um, I'd love to go in fresh. But it is, I'm extremely, extremely excited about Mando Season 3. I think it's going to really blow the doors open in terms of the story. I want to know, I want to know more about Grogu and how he got where he is and I, I think that they've teased us enough and it's time to really tell us the story there we're obviously going to get live action mandalore um beyond just a quick little scene right. um i really really am interested to see what the dynamic between bo katan and uh mando is uh, because obviously it's kind of up in the air like there's a there i could see a world where she tries to fight him so that she can get the dark saber. So there's there's a bunch of really cool things that I think are going to happen this season. And you know I'm kind of 
To be honest, I'm kind of tired of hearing the whole filler discussion, but I don't think there's going to be a ton of filler this season. Right. Now that, I think, I mean, yeah, I think we'll get like one or two filler episodes, but I think everything that we're going to see is going to be mostly story, plot-driven, um, great writing. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, I get the filler that we had in the past and, you know, we might, if we have some time, we might talk a little bit about filler again, because you had an awesome rant that we were going to talk about last, <laughs> last episode that got cut out because, uh, sometimes our software Tech. doesn't work properly, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think Mando three is going to be awesome. And it, yeah. what, what really makes me happy is that with Mando three, we're going to get a, at least a few weeks where it overlaps with bad batch. So we're going to be hit with like a whole bunch of star Wars content yep. all at once. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, just because I, I like volume. I like, I like to get as much as I can. So obviously I think, just about everyone's looking forward to it from what I've seen on the internet. I don't think I've said, I've seen anyone say, you know, I'm just not really interested in it. It's not really my thing. Exactly. Uh, I can't imagine someone saying that. And if you know, they are saying that I will pray for you because why are you listening to our podcast? <laughs> right. if you think that? Yeah. You're probably not listening to this right now. Well, uh, the way, the way season two ended, it was such a high note and like it was easily top five, moment in my life in terms of movie show anything like that it was one of the coolest moments and i was thinking how are they going to top this like right what are they going to do that is going to it peaked it doesn't get better than this but i truly after seeing like the poster (laughs) i think it will like i really do think that they will it didn't peak i think that i think that the best is yet to come yep i agree so that's mando season three we're super excited about that uh, as everyone's probably seen by now, if you're into video games, Jedi Survivor has been pushed back to April 28th. They're working out some bugs. They're going to take this next month to, or the, the extra month, I should say, to really work out any of the kinks. Um, which, you know, that doesn't bother me. I don't have a PlayStation 5 yet. I think it's only being released for PlayStation 5 and then Unfortunately. PC well, it, and yeah. whatever Stuff the that we don't have. Are. Yeah, I don't have a PlayStation 5 yet. Uh, tax return money is going to be coming in at some <laughs> point, hopefully. So... PS5 might be in the future, but it's definitely not in the present. So the further they push it off, doesn't bother me at all. To those of you that have PlayStation 5s or whatever system you have that accepts it, I understand if you're disappointed, bummer, it'll still come out. So, you know, be patient. They're they're trying to put together the best product they can for us, and uh, ultimately that should be just exciting for us all. Um, and then uh, another fun note uh, are you familiar with the author E.K. Johnston? No, I'm not. So, do you remember when the Ahsoka book came out? Yes. She's the author who wrote that. Okay, awesome. And she just announced uh, this past week, I think it was on Monday, that she's coming out with another book called The Crimson Climb. And based on the cover, I don't really know much about it, but based on the cover and the title, it shows Kira on the title from Solo. And based on what she's wearing and what she's she's seen holding Han's dice, so this looks like it's pre-events of Solo. And my guess is it's going to be her rise in Crimson Dawn to becoming Dryden Boss's like right hand. So um, I think that's slated to come out in October. So that was the the big news recently that I'm excited for because I read a lot of Star Wars books, or at least. I have started to. I do a lot of audiobooks because I'm driving for work constantly. So I've been just marching through these books like left and right like crazy. Like uh, I just finished the Padawan book, which are you familiar with that, Kevin? I think you told me about it, but I don't remind me. So Padawan is essentially about Obi-Wan Kenobi um, as a new Padawan for... Qui-Gon. Um, it's, and now I don't know how new he is in that regard. I don't know like if he's only been with him for a few months or if it's been for a little while now, um, you know, for like a year or two. I don't know. It's not clear as to when Qui-Gon, and that probably is answered in another book somewhere or another source material that I haven't touched yet. But it's this cool story about 
Obi-Wan going off on this journey. And it ends up being by himself, kind of through unfortunate circumstances. And it, it's just a really fun story where he comes across this basically colony of children, um, teenagers and kids. Um, and he ends up having helping them figure out their living situation and kind of facing some some issues on planet that they've been having and trying to avoid or conquer. And so it's a lot of fun, but the real fun thing for me out of the whole book, like I think the book was pretty decent. It's a young adult novel. So it was kind of easier listening or reading depending on how you absorb that material. Um, But it kind of answers the question of where does Kenobi know Dex from? So we got Mm, introduced to Dex and attack of the clones and so this book at some point covers how Obi-Wan comes to know Dex. Um, and it's not the main point of the story. Like, it's it's kind of just a side thing. Um, but it was kind of cool. And the voice actor who did it, I was really impressed with not only his Obi-Wan Kenobi voice, but Dex's voice. He was spot on for Dex. And if I put them side by side and listened to them both... I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So that was, and it was cool because once you you heard the voice before you heard the narrator say the name. And the minute I heard that voice, I was like, oh my gosh, that's got to be Dex. And then he introduces himself as Dex. So it was, you know, it was just a cool little fun tidbit. Um, But really fun book. Um, I enjoyed it. And I think it's a good read. It's an easy read. So if you're not the kind of person that likes to, to read super big words, like I don't. That's why I don't like reading to begin with, which is why I buy all the audiobooks. <laughs> but, you know, it's a great listen. It's a pretty, pretty good read. Um, and so now I'm actually working on Master and Apprentice, which is about Qui Gon and Obi Wan, uh, pre Phantom Menace. And it's post Padawan, uh, based on his age. His age, I think, was around 16 in Padawan. And he's about 17 now in, in uh, Master and Apprentice. So, and it's a good book so far. I've thought about doing book reviews like each week or every two weeks, but still not 100% sure if that's something we want to do. So to any of you out there listening, if you guys are interested in hearing uh, a detailed book review from me, it would be like 15 to 30 minutes of just listening to my voice. So I know that can be obnoxious. My wife can't handle that much sometimes. So I understand if you can't. But if you are interested in that, let us know. We'd be more than happy to, to put something together for that. All right. Now we get to cover Bad Batch. So this week we ended up getting two episodes, which was super exciting. And based on the titles, I think we kind of came into it expecting it to be a little heavier. The first of the episodes was episode seven, titled Clone Conspiracy. And the second episode was titled Truth and Consequences. So we kind of figured it was going to be a little heavy, um, and we were not disappointed in that regard. I was disappointed, but not in the fact that we got good content, uh, just heartbreaking content. But uh, So we decided we were going to split these episodes up, and one of us would kind of cover the bulk of one with maybe side commentary from the other person, and then vice versa. So Kevin got clone conspiracy yes so kevin tell the listeners what was clone conspiracy like well luck would have it that i had this episode i think of the two it's probably my favorite i like the i I love the political stuff in star wars and this episode was just full of that so we started off on coruscant and you know right off the bat you know that the episode's gonna be intense because the music was super eerie it was kind of dark. So shout out Kevin Kiner there. Way to kick off the episode. So it shifts to some off-duty clones talking about Rampart and what happened on Camino. They're just chilling in a bar. Um, and their names are Cade and Slip. And I want to shout out Rebel Force Radio for... It's a thing every time we record. But um, they made <laughs> Until they reach out to us and tell yeah. us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> they made me laugh pretty hard today. I can't remember which one it was, but he called them like Chip and Dip or something. Yes. It <laughs> <laughs> he was completely serious. Um, but no, they're, the two clones were named Cade and Slip. Um, 
and and Cade, you could tell he's just not in a good spot. He says that he gave Rampart an ultimatum to come clean about what happened on Camino, or he's going to do it for him. Then they leave the bar. Uh, Slip is afraid and tries to convince Cade to not go through with it, but it's too late. In the middle of it, bam, Cade is killed, and it was he was killed by who I was sure was Crosshair. Um, I don't know about you, Wade, but I thought for sure that it was Crosshair that did it. it nah, the minute the minute I saw the helmet turn, I knew it had to be someone else because you know they can't lose they can't afford to lose all that money they spent on Hasbro figures and Funko Pops with Crosshair's signature helmet. You could make an argument that it's an opportunity to sell even more stuff. Ah, I don't think they would. But I, I thought it was too upset. I thought it was, but even later I thought it was because the way that he was like moving around kind of looked like crosshair like skinny and kind of lanky but anyways maybe maybe he was reprogrammed and trained and maybe he he got some training to to see if they could replicate crosshair's ability what do you mean like you know crosshair oh i think oh, crosshair oh, oh. is compromised now i think i think rampart at least up to this point i think rampart kind of looks at crosshair like he might be compromised yeah and so they may have been trying to to see, hey, can we replicate his skills and not have to deal with the attitude and the 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 crap that they have to deal with with Crosshair? Yeah, maybe if that's the case. I mean, I think it's I think it's safe to say that if Crosshair were the assassin, he wouldn't have had the result that this guy had um, in the end. But we'll get there. No, that's true. So, Slip escapes. Uh, and we shift over to the Senate chambers, which was really cool. Um, I love any time we get to see that. And to mm-hmm. think that it was so close to what happened in Revenge of the Sith, and they're just back to business. Um, it was just interesting. So they're they're in the Senate chambers, and they're all debating the senators and, and ramparts there about what to do with the, the clones and the, the new military. I'm drawing a blank on what it was called, but it, the, the bill, I can't remember what it was called. Something uh, defense bill. Yeah, it was about story, whether to defense recruitment bill. Yes, that's yes, what yes. it is. That was, yeah, and they were just all debating about it. Some of them thought that it was it was necessary because you know places like the Outer Rim were seeing a lot of insurgents and they needed it. Whereas others were like, "The war is over. We have other, we have bigger fish to fry." Yeah, um, like taking care of all these clone troopers that just rescued your butts from the separatists. Right. So, you have Bail Organa, which is cool to see him. It's always cool to see him. He's calling Palpatine into question, and he gets backed up by Chuchi, who, I don't know if uh, we have any Jersey Shore listeners in our in our audience here, but every time I heard that name, it's it's like an insult in, in, from Jersey Shore where they call each other Chooches, and it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can look it up. But that's every time I heard that, that's what I thought of. And every time I say it, just know that's what's in my head. Um, so Bale is backed up by Chuchi, who wants the, the clones looked after, uh, very noble. And it, it's, it was, it was nice. Um, Rampart comes, comes up and says that basically we're doing that. There's provisions in place to care for the clones, but they, they see right through. It's all politics. Yeah. Uh, they, they end up voting to table the recruitment bill, uh, which Again. of course, yeah. For like, what the fourth time now, at least, um, and that upsets Rampart and and Maz, which it was cool to see him. It was cool to see all these people. I feel like I keep saying that, but um. well, yeah. I mean, it's it's these episodes were very much like they were great in being in the Bad Batch storyline, but there's yeah. so much flashback. We, I mean, from Gunji's episode on, it's been a lot of flashback and and memories and kind of nostalgia um, all over the place. Well, they've done a good job of it not being cheesy or forced, which is sometimes yeah. I, it's been a, it's been a criticism that I've seen from from some Star, Star Wars shows, um, like the forced fan service. But it wasn't; it, it, it fit. It all made sense. Yeah. Um, so those two are kind of having a rather tense exchange in the hallway, and Maz is basically like, "You better you better not let this slip through your hands. You know, you're going to be in trouble." Um. So then we we switch over and, and Chuchi then goes to talk to some of the clones so she can try to understand what they want. Um, and she's met with some understandable animosity. They don't trust her. 
why would they, right? Like the, the entire government empire has just shown that they're not reliable. They don't care. So, uh, but she's able to convince them that she's on their side and um, you know, it seems positive, like some good might come of it. And she's kind of telling them like, look, you guys need to look after yourselves. Um, I'm here to help you, but you aren't soldiers anymore. Like the, the fight is over for you. Um, let's think about the future. So Slip, having seen that Cade was right and died as a result, tries to recruit Chuchi to the cause uh, of exposing Rampart and what happened on Camino, and that sets Chuchi on a conspiratorial investigation. And then we see Slip calling someone, and I don't know about you, Wade, but I didn't, I didn't really pay that much mind the first time I watched it. It's having watched it again, it was clear, like, oh, they obviously is setting somebody up, and. I had heard rumors throughout the week of, um, you know, a lot of people thought Rex was, was going to show up and we'll find out in a second if they're right. Um, but now there was a confrontation between Chuchi and Rampart, sort of. Uh, it was it was a confrontation in that, you know, the these two, uh, the basically the protagonists of this episode were talking. Um, she's testing him to see if he will budge and give any sort of indication that he, he may be lying while she strongly implies, hey man, I know what's up and I'm going to prove it. Very cool scene. I felt like she did a great job, but Rampart also did a great job. Like These two career, basically career politicians doing what they do best and talking to each other. It was, it was The whole political nature of this episode was so well done. Now, I've got a question. Yeah. Because I, I was wondering this while I was watching this. Is Rampart truly political, or is he supposed to be specifically military? Because for me, that was one of the the issues I had in that, you know, when I think of the Senate, I don't think of military members taking place in discussions or, you know, proposing bills. I think of that as senators. Well, and the senators Empire is a like, military state. Yeah, I guess that's true. So it kind of goes, I mean, the senators obviously aren't going to be military mindsetted, but the, the military men, like the generals and everything, they're all going to, they know how to play politics. Rampart clearly knows how to play politics. I mean, that guy wasn't going to budge on anything. He had all the right answers, no matter what, even when he was lying. A lot of times with, with political stuff, there's a little bit of truth in it. This dude was straight up lying the whole time. I just wanted someone to put him in his place and say, hey, you're military. Go do military stuff. Let the adults talk. Yeah, it's, I don't think that that exists in the Empire. I think that yeah, the right way right. the way Palpatine runs things... like it, We saw it right from the beginning with, with Tarkin. Like they, they operate through fear. How do you operate through fear? You have a strong military because the, if, you, if you get one toe out of line, what's going to happen? They're going to occupy your, your town. They're going to take over. They're, they're going to kill you. I just think Rampart's a tool. <laughs> Both literally and figuratively. Well, I think that whatever he is, he's a good politician. He sucks. He's a jerk. Okay, continue. Um, anyways, so next we see Chuchi walking around uh, and she, she ends up meeting Bale. I don't remember if that was on purpose or not or if Bale kind of just like knew where she was going and, and wanted to talk, but they have a conversation and he lets Chuchi in on these insurgents and that the threat that imposes to the empire and why Camino suddenly being destroyed by a storm was quite convenient. And I like that. It, it, the, the writing of this episode was not lazy. You know, they, right. they definitely thought, thought about all these things and it seemed this is something that a Senator would think of. Right. And, a planet that has had storm it's it is a storm right camino's a storm all the time it seems like suddenly after countless one of them takes it down and nobody really questioned it so um he was right to to make that connection um so now they just need to find the proof so chuchi locates slip and and tells him she thinks he was right but he is not into it. He, this guy is paranoid. He wants nothing to do. He wants to get out. Uh, I mean, he right at that moment, he was waiting to meet his contact who he had called 
to try to get him out of there and, and maybe start a, a new life. Um, but doesn't happen. Gets shot. He's dead. Same assassin. Uh, and he's obviously targeting the whole group. I mean, he wants Chuchi dead too. So they're running away. The guard gets shot. And I assume he's dead. They didn't, they never confirmed it, but I, he's, it seems like he's gone. Um, Chuchi's still on the run and manages to escape at the hands of none other than Captain Rex, who saves the day. He was Again. there. Yeah. He was there to uh, help slip, get him out of there and right time, right place. You know, he, he was able to save Chuchi and, um, they end up taking very smart in the moment to not just take the guy out. He, he stuns him. Yeah. Um, and then they take him down to the lower levels to question him. And uh, this scene, this is a kid show at the end of the day, right? Like we're obviously <laughs> right. adults watching it, but like this scene was pretty dark. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they take him down there and, you know, unhelmet him and, he doesn't really give them any answers. It's very hostile. And I don't know what's going to come of this, but I really hope that they, I hope and expect that they'll unpack this, but Rex asks him, what are you? Who, who do you work for? What are you? And he goes, he says, I'm a believer or something like that. And um, just super vague. And it has, it has me wondering what that means. And I really hope they, we get to the bottom of who hired this guy specifically. And, where he comes from i think obviously he comes from you know the empire hired him but there it, there's more to the story like you don't you're not going to be that vague if if there's if there's not more to the story so um he says that and then kills himself like you see like it's something electric right like his teeth are chattering it, it was so weird and like if i was a kid that would freak me out right. uh and that's just where we end thought it was a fantastic episode um, I heard some, some people say that they were kind of glad that we got two episodes and believe me, I am too, but they were saying it's because the first episode was kind of like slow and boring and totally Ooh. disagree. I, I was yeah, into I it from beginning that. to end. Yeah. And even the second time watching it, I was into it. So, um, great episode. I think it might be my favorite of the series so far. Um, but I haven't really gone back to rewatch everything yet, but I don't know. It'll be hard to top this one because this one had everything I I love about Star Wars: the the politics, the the Senate, you know, prequel stuff. Well, I don't know if you made the connection, but that charge, that electrical charge that he bit down on, mm-hmm. was the same one that that captain in season two of Mandalorian bit down on. If you remember, when Mando, when Din Djarin's trying to help Bo Katan and the other Mandalorians. Uh, take the the Imperial ship because they're trying to locate Moff Gideon. Huh. And it was on that same planet where he had just dropped off the frog lady to be with her husband and live out their happy frog lives. And I don't remember that. Yeah. So if if you remember, uh, well, you said you didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> Mando and Bo-Katan are essentially trying to take this Imperial ship and with a couple other mandos and so they're kind of working through their way through killing off all these stormtroopers and whatnot and then they get to the the bridge and the captain uh had just gotten off talking to uh what's his name uh main bad guy i'm drawing a blank here uh, moff gideon and uh you know he tells him you know what to do and he says long live the empire you know Oh, yes, he, I remember. Yeah, I remember when he confronts them and, you know, yeah. they're getting ready to take the ship and yep. he says, long live the Empire and bites down. It's the same kind of capsule. So kind of interesting, kind of cool to see that in this this episode. They, they just have it in their mouth. Like yep. nobody, he, he didn't put it there. It just was in there. Yep, it was there. Strange. It's like a fail safe. I don't know if all Imperials have to have that fail, fail switch or kill switch, I should say, or if it's just... You know, certain ones that have certain information. I don't, I don't know how that works. Huh. But it'll be interesting to see if we see any more of that at any point. I kind of uh, don't want to. It's a very gruesome way to die. It, it is, no doubt. Um, but kind of interesting. And the, yeah. I wanted to point out the uh, bar that the clones were at uh, was the 79's bar that we saw in Clone Wars. 
um, where Fives tracks down, I think it was Kicks, um, and tells him about the the clone conspiracy and needing help, needing to get to to the Jedi and and Rex, and he kind of mm. goes off on his crazy tangent. It's that same clone bar. Oh, that's uh, cool. Connected yeah. episodes to conspiracies. Yep. So kind of cool. Kind of yeah. uh, like I said, a lot of nostalgia in these episodes um, that we got. So Definitely. truth and consequences. Give you a quick summary. Uh, we see Omega and Echo talking up front, and Omega's trying to meditate, but she says it's not working for her the same way it did for Gunji. Which I think that, you know, they've kind of played off of the idea at a couple of different times that maybe Omega's a Force-sensitive clone, and that's what they were experimenting with. Um, but I, I'm thinking... I, I can't say this rules it out for sure, because it could be that maybe she just doesn't have the training or someone to really teach her but she's trying, you know, there are certain times like when they were on Sereno and she was going to jump down or climb down to, you know, try and get that crate by herself or the treasure, um, out of the hanging, uh, ship, shipping container. I thought she was going to jump down and use the force unknowingly. Um, and that would have been too much. Oh, it it would have, but I wouldn't have been upset with it. That's some Ray level stuff. Well, yeah, that's true. That's another issue. <laughs> we'll get into that on another episode mm-hmm. after we've solidified our following. <laughs> but uh, so she's doing her meditating thing and then uh, they get a transmission coming in and it turns out it's Rex. Uh, he, he needs their help with something. Apparently they, you know, something's going down on Coruscant. And so Wrecker, of course, is excited off the bat. Like he's just like, yep, yeah, I'm all for this. <laughs> and uh, so Echo ironically echo takes the lead here and says we'll be there you know we'll we'll come to help and hunter just kind of gives him a look and i think they're sharing the look of yeah we need to answer this call but echo was the one to say yeah we're gonna do this um which was kind of interesting to me so they get there uh they meet on the same landing platform as those sisters from the episode seven arc i can't remember their names but I didn't really like that arc in Clone Wars. Chip and Dip. Yeah, that's right. Chip and Dip. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Clone Wars Season 7. Sorry, I'm cheating. I'm going to look it up because it's going to drive me nuts. Otherwise, if I can't... It's Trish and something or other. I can't remember the other one's name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Which is really yeah. bad. I thought the Martez cool. sisters. Yeah, Martez yeah, yeah. sisters. So that's their landing platform. When he says these are some friends of mine, that's that I believe is is their platform uh, where they're hanging out and kind of have the assassin's corpse. So they go and analyze it, and Rex tells them the ID number was wiped, and Tech goes, "I didn't know they could do that," which is kind of weird because you know Tech knows everything. So to to not know that was possible, that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen that happen before. Um, so they essentially come to the conclusion that they need to get on to Rampart's Venator to get the logs to show the hologram recording of his ships essentially destroying Topoka City. Um, and so Omega ends up going with Chuchi and gets to see the Senate building, and she kind of explains what they do with the Senate and everything. And she, her first question's like, where's our, you know, platform? Where's our little pod thing that we get to speak from? And she's like, yeah, you guys don't have one. And I think this was a really crucial, yep. crucial moment in, in all of animated, at least between Clone Wars and Bad Batch, because there's this, this debate, you know, some people, you know, you, you get these lines saying, you know, what differentiates us from droids, you know, talking about the clones. And in a sense, to some people, nothing does. These people were purchased and manufactured in a sense and purchased for a purpose, and that's to fight these battle droids, which were also purchased and manufactured to fight the Republic. And so, you know, you've got some people that are in that that mindset of their property, you know, their assets of the Republic. They belong just as their blasters or their armor or their ships, they all belong to the Republic. And then you've got some that are like, 
yes, but no. These are people. They're human beings. They're they're you know they're living, breathing. And to me, it really kind of set apart in my mind the difference of how the Republic as a whole may have viewed the clones and how the Jedi as a whole viewed the clones. Because the Jedi, as we see throughout Clone Wars, man, they they had the this brotherhood with their clone commanders and their their clones that they led. It wasn't, uh, and there are many conversations. You know, Plo Koon had some good ones with Wolf and his guys, and and Obi Wan and Cody, and you know, there, there's there's a much deeper connection than if they were just manufactured droids, because they are actually people. They have just like all other people and all the other living beings, they have some semblance of the force. And, and so it was really interesting kind of, kind of getting to see that come to this point of, no, you guys don't have representation because there are some who don't view you as anything more than property. And so, uh, go ahead. I, I felt the same way, but for a different reason, uh, that scene made me really sad for Omega. There are a couple scenes in this episode that made me feel <laughs> sad for Omega, but it was, it, it really kind of had a deeper meaning to me. It, everybody, you know, as you grow up, you, you have these moments where you realize, Hey, the world isn't always fair or, you know, the, the, the world might not be the best place. And, I think that she kind of had some of those moments. Of course, she's gone on these missions and she's seen action and stuff like that. But I think this is one of the first times that we've seen her like really begin to understand on a deeper level. Some of the, some of these concepts like, well, yeah, some of these issues and yeah. things that the clones are facing and, or how they're viewed much. And how she's viewed. Yeah. Because she, even though she doesn't look like them in a lot of ways, and you know, you might walk past her and not think she's a clone, she doesn't think that way. So if yeah. somebody, if she see, if she's seeing that somebody thinks of a clone as less than, whether that person thinks of her that way or not, she's going to because that's right. that's how she identifies. Absolutely. So, this was to me, this was a, a huge pinnacle moment. Like I really, 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 and see where you like. It's funny because we kind of just randomly decided last week which episodes we were going to cover, and you ended up liking the first one better. I truly liked the second one better because I love the the Chuchi Omega uh, relationship that gets built there and the the conversation, the back and forth, and just seeing how Chuchi's really really got the clones back. Like she's going to do everything in her power um, to to try and give these people rights to to defend them and say. Look, these guys fought. They didn't even have a choice. They were they were created in a lab, essentially, to fight your war for you. Uh, the least we can do is take care of them now that we're trying to decommission them. They won. Uh, say again? They won. They didn't just fight. They fought and won the war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, these guys who have defended them... Um, you know, really deserve a lot more than, than essentially what they're getting. Um, so essentially Omega and Chuchi are led to need to, they talk to Bail Organa and they're led off to talk to, uh, the disgraced Senator Hallie Batoni, former Senator. I don't believe she's current at this point. Um, thus the disgraced part, but, they, they have some back and forth, and, and Batoni reveals essentially that Rampart has been using some funds inappropriately. He was misappropriating some funds uh, for a cloning facility and, and process. So that all gets uncovered, and Chuchi's like, yeah, I need you to um, testify before the Senate. And, you know, hopefully at this point, the Bad Batch and Rex are working on getting the logs. They've got to break into Rampart's ship. And again, we see them using stun blasts against their clone brethren uh, rather than, you know, anything deadly or potent, um, which I think really reflects on at least, I'm going to say at least for Echo and Rex, you know, they look at these guys much more like brothers than the, you know, Bad Batch. Uh, Clone Force 99 was their own thing. They kind of, 
they weren't looked at or treated well by most of the regs and vice versa. You know, they weren't a fan of regs because, you know, regs are boring. They're, they're lame. They can't do nearly as much. And so, you know, there's never that real bond that the regs have with uh, Clone Force 99, but Rex and Echo were the ones in the trenches with these guys day after day, you know, campaign after campaign. And we'll see a little bit of that later. But so essentially they end up getting the, um, the logs, they get them turned into the Senate just in the nick of time as Chuchi and um, the Senate are discussing uh, the whole uh, defense recruitment bill and Ramparts. Basically, she's going on the attack, but she doesn't have the evidence at the time. Ramparts defending and kind of just steering away from and saying, no, you, you know, let's get this vote done. So she presents the the uh, evidence, the hologram shows up, the ships are floating over Camino, a laser fire just landing on Topoca City. Pretty damning evidence. Like, there's no question that he was lying. So, you know, they think, oh, we got this victory, this is a win. And then all of a sudden we hear, like, the sirens blare, and everyone knows what that means. It means the Emperor is coming to talk. Uh, which hasn't happened in a long time. He does not show his face in these meetings, as Moz pointed out in episode one or episode seven, the previous episode. He, you know, he's questioned about the Empire's view on everything, and he says, "Well, the Empire trusts you guys to make the best decisions." Yada yada yada, which we all know is not true. He's pulling the strings in the background. Uh, he just hasn't come out forthright with it yet. Um, he's still trying to establish, I think, his dominance and control in a sense. And so he's he's still trying to play that political game of, oh no, Jedi kill you know Jedi attacked me. We need security. Vote for security, you know. Uh, but here he comes up out of nowhere, out of the middle, um, and rises, and he just totally throws Rampart under the bus. Like he turns on him, and he's like, I you know I thank Chuchi for bringing this evidence forward that we had a, a bad one amongst our ranks, and and so he has the the Imperial clones, uh, I forget what they're called, the shock troopers, um, I think is what they are, uh, essentially arrest Rampart. And I really wish Rampart had spoken up louder, saying, no, I was following, you know, he says no, but I was following orders. And I think he was just so blindsided by it that he didn't really think to protest more. But I don't know, I would I would like to see some more open discussion about that. Um <laughs> But I, I, at the same time, I don't know if Palps would uh, would no allow way. that. So he, he basically flips the script on him, uh, throws him under the bus, and he says, but here's the thing. Rampart made the orders, but who followed through with the orders? The clones. The clones blindly followed orders, which is like crazy to me. Because it's like clones have been, you know, for so long, clones were looked at as we're different from droids because we can think for ourselves. But then Palpatine makes a really good point, which I hate to say, because I hate Palpatine with everything I am. I hate him. He makes a fantastic point saying the clones blindly followed the orders. And that's an issue I've had with it. Like when it originally happened at the end of season one and they destroyed Topoka city, I just thought, how can these guys, be so blinded by everything going on that they're just willing to accept the idea that they're going to destroy this homeworld of theirs. And I mean, to an extent I get that maybe they didn't have the emotional connection that some would, um, to, to Poca city, but at the same time, it's like, this is where you formed most of your, your bonds with your brotherhood. This is where you guys train together. This is where you, you come and you enjoy time at the mess hall and barracks. And you know, like how can you go through all of that? And then blindly follow these orders to destroy the city. Not even question it a little bit. No. And so, like, (laughs) I'm I'm gonna give it to Palps. Yeah, he he makes a fantastic point. He says this is why we need to order in the Imperial Stormtrooper, um, which I think to this point has been the first official decree of stormtroopers. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but. I think we saw, we've seen Stormtroopers in Episode 3, but I don't know if they are enlisted or if they're 
clones with stormtrooper armor. I'm not sure about that. I don't think they're clones because um, I think all the clones still have clone trooper armor, to my knowledge. I don't think I've seen any um, with stormtrooper armor. Well, I'm sure. I don't think it would be unreasonable for them to have recruited some, like a small amount of people, just right. for you know various things. I think the point of this is like it's going to be the military. Yeah, this is the norm moving forward. Like this is all we're gonna have. So. The Bad Batch meets with Chuchi and Rex at the end after that, and they're like, well, Palps was two steps ahead of us, or three steps, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, there's been some debate as to whether he really had that plan to begin with, or if he's... I like to go with the idea that he's really just that good at playing the game, that he's a, when he when he first knew of the discontentment in the in the Senate, over the bill and, you know, wanting to take care of the troopers and finding out that these, some of these other senators were pushing back against Rampart and saying, no, we need to figure all this other stuff out. Um, I, I want, I would like to say that he started coming up with a contingency plan if he didn't already have one in place. Um, but I, I really like the idea of him just, he, he just knows how to play the game so incredibly well. And he's so, he's so good with words, which also pisses me off. Like, I hate that. I hate that he, he's so good at the game and he, he just he knows just the right thing to say to, uh, to incite agreement with him. So they discuss that. And then, of course, as they're getting ready to say goodbye to Rex and Ch- Chuchi, Echo looks at Hunter. And this is where I'm like, I, I'm not okay. Um, this, is, this, this was like totally out of left field for me. I mean... We kind of seen some build up to it, but I really wasn't expecting it this episode, this early. I was thinking maybe an end of season kind of goodbye. But Hunter pats him on the shoulder and says, remember what I told you? And then walks away from Echo. And I'm like, wait, what? And it totally, totally caught me by surprise. Totally out of left field for me. Um, and then, you know, you see Wrecker and Tex. Tex was probably the less, the least endearing goodbye. Um, I don't remember exactly what he says, something like good luck or whatever, but it was very short and sweet. Um, well, not even really sweet. It was just short. Um, so he goes by and then Omega, like as she's watching all of the other Bad Batch members, like say their goodbyes and walk away. She's just like broken because she's piecing it together piece by piece. Each time one comes to say goodbye, it's really setting in that like, oh wait, you're not coming with us. And that's when Echo's like, no, I'm staying with Rex. I'm, I'm going to, to help him in this cause that he believes in to help others, which he had voiced earlier in the season, um, you know, that they really need to be doing more to help others. And I think that's totally in line with Echo. You know, he talks about how, I think at the beginning of the episode, he was talking about how he would still be on Skako Minor if um, the Bad Batch hadn't rescued him in the first place. And so I think he feels that kind of that call or that urge to, to do something more with the second chance he's been given, um, which is why he joins Rex. And I'll be interested to see, because we obviously don't see him in Rebels with Wolf and Gregor. So it'll be interesting to see if we ever find out what Echo's endgame is, like what happens to him. Does he just go off on his own? Does he die? You know, what happens? But, and so... You know, Echo tells Omega to keep up on her training and then they, they will see each other again. I don't know if that's specific foreshadowing or just, you know, a generic comforting, hey, you know, take it easy, kid. We will see each other. Um, it I, never is in Star Wars. I would love for it to be more of one of those, you know, foreshadowing things because I, I think Echo's a great, great guy. Um, he's a stand-up chap. You know, I really, really like Echo. So I'd like to see some more with him and Rex and maybe Cody at some point. But uh, no, I was not okay with that. And I want to take this moment to blame all of you fans who complain about filler episodes. Because you are the reason we have episodes like this. If I got it, I was talking to Kevin about this a little while ago. If I had a show where they were just going on fun missions... I would totally be okay with it. You know, if it was like Treasure Planet all day long, Indiana Jones, you know, 
any of that, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I would have been happy because it would have meant the family stays together. But you guys complain about filler episodes left and right, and so they give us some serious crap, and now we lose Echo. So I'm blaming this on you. I completely disagree. I think that <laughs> if we just had missions for episodes like that, it would be a boring show. Nobody would want to watch it. You have to have episodes like this that tell really good stories. Other, what's? The, I don't really know how to describe my perspective here because what's the point of anything else? Yeah, I know. I just, I think I wasn't ready for it. My heart can't handle that. That's good. That means you. That means it's unpredictable. It's good storytelling. Oh, it was. It was unpredictable. I was not ready. So I mean, I think overall, we're gonna keep seeing this sort of thing, though. That yeah, I, they're I, gonna disband the the whole group at some I point. Know. I I I think that's gonna be the end game for for everyone at some point. You know, they've kind of shown a couple of times. You know, they showed Tech was really good at racing, and Wrecker really liked being among the Wookies, and so I. I just don't kill Wrecker, please. Yeah, I can't. I won't be able to take that. I will write Felonia a letter <laughs> if if they kill Wrecker. I can't. You know, I, I honestly, if I, I think if one of them's gonna die, it's gonna be Hunter. I really do think so. Um, at least of the OG crew. I don't know if it'll be a standoff with Crosshair or something else, but I think if if any of them are gonna die, it's gonna be Hunter for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. So, but we'll see. The next episode's called The Crossing. Uh, I have no idea. My guess is it probably has something to do with Crosshair since we haven't seen him in like four episodes. Um, four or five now. Gosh, I guess it's five because the last time we saw him was what, episode three? Yes. So I'm hoping that the crossing is foreshadowing something to do with crosshair. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm well, just it, happy. I'm it hoping, has to. I, I, I would imagine so since well, we've he's, gotten he's so rogue. He's got no. He's got nothing now. Yeah. That's true. I'll be interested. Something else I was talking about with another follower um, on Twitter. It'll be interesting to see if Rampart uh, reaches out to the Bad Batch at some point. Because we know that he knows. Officially, he and Crosshair, I think, are the only two in the Imperial ranks who actually know that the Bad Batch is still alive. Interesting. Um so it would be very interesting to see if maybe before um, before he's... I, my guess is Rampart's going to be scheduled for execution. Um, but regardless, I, I would be very interested to see if he reaches out to them to to try and break out. I don't think... I, I don't know if he would necessarily defect um, to any of the rebel cells or anything going on right now, but I think he he might reach out to them at some point. So that would be interesting. I'd be also shocked be if they helped him. Oh, I would too. It would also be interesting if something between him and Crosshair takes place, yeah. whether it's Crosshair having to, what maybe Crosshair is the one that breaks him out. You know, who knows? They'll help because Omega will want to help. And Probably. it will be so annoying that she'll want to, and they'll <laughs> listen to her. But she's got a good heart. She, her heart is in the right place. 110%. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean she's awesome. Um, she's not my favorite. Wrecker's my favorite still, but she's pretty awesome. She's probably a close third. She's cool. She's not bad. So that was kind of a breakdown of the episodes. We really liked them, um, but I don't think I've had a bad batch episode I didn't like so far. Um, I know a lot of people have complained about how like some of the episodes just aren't doing it for them, and it's too much filler content. And just episode like five. I didn't like it. Yeah, I liked episode five. Boring. I, I, I thought it was fun. Here's here's the problem for me, and I think a lot of people lose sight of this. You know, every every different show or style of show is really really geared towards a specific audience group. You know, Bad Batch and most animation in general, they're they're more geared towards kids. That doesn't mean there aren't things in it that adults will enjoy, or there aren't gonna be serious moments. You know, that we're going to be like, oh, that was awesome. But, you know, from the from the perspective of a kid watching, um, watching like episode five, it's fun. You know, it incites imagination. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a fun episode. 
And so you, you just got to keep that in mind while you're watching these shows. You know, the live actions are obviously more for the adults. And I think Disney's doing a pretty good job of that, of kind of spreading the wealth. You know, they're really putting out content for, I mean, they're about to come out with this Young Jedi series, which is a toddler-based Star Wars, which I am so excited to have Gene start watching. Uh, you know, I, I think they're doing a very good job of trying to make sure they get content out there for everyone at different points in time. So, you know, if Bad Batch isn't doing it for you, that's fine. You don't have to watch it. But if you're going to, I wouldn't necessarily complain that it's not what you want. If, if that you're going to watch it, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I was trying to put it a, a nice, polite way. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to choose to watch a show that's geared for kids, expect the episodes to be geared for kids. You know, if you want to watch something that's geared for you, go rewatch Mandalorian. I mean, we just mentioned Mandalorian Season 3 is coming out in a couple weeks. Yep. That gives you plenty of time to rewatch the first two ep- or first two seasons and Book of Boba Fett, which is like season two point five. You know, you've got plenty of time to go rewatch those and freshen up on on everything going on on that end of the world. You know, I there's something out there for everyone, and I, I really appreciate Disney doing that. You know, I I think they're they're spreading it out very well. So. You know, Agreed. I think they're doing a good job. I'm happy with it so far, and I've got no complaints. I am all smiles here. So, next week, The Crossing, we'll cover that, cover any new Star Wars news we have, anything we may be experiencing or having fun with. So, we appreciate you guys for joining in. Kevin, do you have any final words? No, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody. This has been a lot of fun. This past week really was... Um, a lot of fun and interacting with everybody. Good episodes. I was very much looking forward to this. Me too. This has been, I won't say it's the top highlight of the week. It's maybe tied for top. So the, uh, we're going out of town this weekend for a bachelor party. So yeah, it's going to be fun. (laughs) So thanks again, guys for tuning in. This is records of the Republic. And as always, may the force be with you.